We are going to read verses 12 and 13. The book of Joel, chapter number 2. And we're going to read verses 12 and 13. While you're coming to your place in Scripture, as we customarily do here, would you stand with us as we read the Word of God together? And uh, this is simply uh, a way that we acknowledge, amen, the importance of God's Word to us, amen, to respect it and reverence it, praise the Lord. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, when you've come to your place in Scripture, would you say amen? Praise the Lord. I still hear a few pages turning, that's okay, we'll give just a second. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart. Somebody shout all. All your heart. And with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God. Here's a reason why. He says, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Amen. Here we find that there is this challenge and this charge as to where there is an appeal from heaven itself that the people of God would turn once again, find themselves in a place, in a state of heart, broken before the Lord. He says in doing this, he said, you're going to find that God is gracious and merciful Slow to anger, but he's of great kindness. Repenteth him of the evil. This morning, if I can, for just a few moments, I would like to preach simply on the thought resolution. Amen. A resolution. Would you help us to pray this morning one more time? Father, I thank you once again for the privilege we have to come together into the house of the Lord. I thank you for every heart and life represented in this house, others that are viewing uh, by way of the internet today. Father, I pray that your anointing rest upon your word. For Lord, we know that your anointing is what makes everything effective. And I pray that your word go forth in power. Let it accomplish what it's been sent to do. I ask God, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts and minds to receive of your word, and my mind and lips to preach, as would bring you glory. Always my prayer. Father, we thank you for what you'll do. Meet with us in this house this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. A resolution, simply, is what we're preaching on here Today, we find that as at any time it seems that we embark upon a brand new year, 
a brand new season that there are many around us and even right here in this church house this morning I believe that it is very safe to say that there are many ambitions, aspirations. There might be some various goals or some endeavors that you have set personally, maybe for your family, maybe in this house as a business owner, for your business, or, or, or as a believer, and as we've been talking about some of these things that Uh, here that have been listed on this uh, list of 21 days of renewal that there are things that should say this is what I want to focus on this is what I want to do better therefore I make and we hear it right now I make a resolution I resolve to do certain things Someone had said instead of making a New New Year's resolution that maybe it would best be presented in this challenge and that is I will make a commitment. Amen. I will make a commitment and I come to find and I believe that in order to commit to something there has got to be a resolve to do so in our hearts and in our minds. I want you to know that a new beginning is always welcomed. Everybody likes a new beginning. Everybody likes a blank page. Amen. If you're like me, even when I'm taking notes, and if I and I got something and I open up a brand new piece of paper, uh, maybe it's a little bit uh, weird for some, or or some would say, well, that that's just too OCD or whatever. But if I'm writing, and brother Udi, and have you ever been writing, and that pen in your hand messes up, and you get a big old ugly glob of ink on a brand new piece of paper or or you know how it is at about the time you're writing down that crucial note uh, that pen decides to go on strike and it runs out of ink uh, and you've got half written notes and half written somebody the other day handed me an ink pen and I had to put my name to something and Jacob came out just fine but Smith looked like just a ghost I mean it was just halfway there and halfway wasn't I desperately said Mr. Torbert wanted to take that receipt and crinkle it up and say, give me a new one. Amen. I could have just asked for a new pen. But I hate when that happens on a brand new page because, buddy, I'll tear that page out. I'm glad I got some witnesses here this morning. There's a lot of head shaking. There's a lot of saying, I get you, Pastor. I mean to tell you, I can't stand it. On, on my, in my planner, on my calendar, that not on my iPad. That's easy to correct, but I also keep a paper calendar. And on that, Brother Segura, me and Mr. Whiteout have become good friends. Amen. Plans change or something. I'll get the white out, buddy. I'll make just to get it blank and clean again. Amen. Oh, everybody likes a fresh page. Everybody likes the start of something new. As a matter of fact, fresh starts, blank pages, and new seasons. These things are the very DNA.
DNA, I believe, Brother Bobby, of what hope is. Amen. We hope for that we see not. The Word of God tells us that in regards to hope, what we're hoping for, when we're looking at, there are things of newness. There's, a, there's the thought that the page is going to turn. That Brother Coleman, the particular season that we're in, it's not going to stay forever. So we hope for some things before us that would be better. We hope for some changes. And I believe these things are a part, as I said, of the very makeup of hope. I've heard conversations in this church. I have heard some of you, and I've heard it around. I've heard people saying different things like this. When as we come out of the old year and stepping into the new, I've heard phrases such as, this time next year. Has anybody said, don't raise your hand. Anybody said that though? This time next year. Or I was told by one of the young men about how strong and athletic and buff and tough they were going to be. I heard him say things just like this. Just you wait and see. Come on here. I'm talking about resolutions. I'm talking about a resolve. This time next year, just you wait and see. Amen. These are things that we say. Uh, There are many opinions and experts that right now they will tell and teach and instruct you upon how to successfully reach those goals. But this morning, if I may, I would like to, uh, in regards to a resolution... I would like to, if I can, instead of going down the rabbit trail of all of the motivation, of all of the inspiration, of all of the six steps, 12 steps, nine steps, do this plan, eat this food, drink this shake, take this pill, come on somebody, buy my DVD, do this, whatever the case. Can we as God's people, would it be all right if we were just to challenge ourselves to say let me get back to the basics amen would it be alright if we were to say I just want to get back to the Bible and I want to get back to God's word and I want to get back into his presence and I want to get back into the prayer closet once again because it is upon these basics as to where we find that there is tried and true success. That is where we find, Brother Chad, God's anointing and favor and power rest. I don't know about you, but in 2023, there's things I don't know. There's things tomorrow I'm not sure of, but I want my life, my heart, my mind in line with Him. I want to walk with Him. I want to know his word. I want to resolve in my spirit. Lord, take me back to the basics and the principles of who you are. Amen. We've gotten so churchy and sophisticated and 
we know all the certain things that we can do and we've been told of all the certain things we should try we've been told of all the things that we should be and things of that nature and I've found and seen where many of God's people are jumping through hoops some even compromising themselves in thinking there's easier routes and ways there are some that believe oh you don't got to go back brother Heath to those basics oh that those things are antiquated that's only for the narrow minded that's only for a traditional church and pastor your church can't grow if you preach on those things if you live like that if you do those things don't you know that we've got to be a little bit now a little bit more progressive don't you know that this will draw you a crowd don't you know if you'd adopt this program it'll help you don't you know that if you were to do this that it would it would cause a buzz about your church in the community well let me say this this pastor right here this is the buzz that I want this is what I desire I'm more concerned with God's approval than the applause of man I'm this morning I am craving conviction and leadership of the Holy Ghost I don't want a circus in the church but what we need is Holy Ghost spirit led fire birth revival that burns in every heart and life what we need is getting back to the cross of Calvary and tearing in the upper room one more time until the power from on high meets with us again Oh, I know that there are circles I will be excluded from. I know there are those that I will be too strict and too straight for. I know there are those who would say, well, if you do something else. But my friends, we don't need something else. I don't need a new gospel. I don't need a new rendition of the scripture. I don't need a new message within the 66 books of this precious book right here. I can assure you we have everything that we need brother gold we have everything that will line our lives up within the purpose power and direction of the spirit of God we need this rather than self guided inspiration we need this more than man made motivation we need this more than what about me mindsets and how can I be comfortable and how can I be happy that leads you to nothing but disaster. This morning can I mention to you a few of the basics that I believe that we must be resolute about. May I this morning challenge the church by way of the Lord. Amen. Something that we can put our eyes on. Oh brother Coleman something and we can get our hands on and that we can believe God to do I'm looking here not not from an inspirational magazine not from the latest greatest newest author who's got some 
revelation on the market, but I'm sharing to you what the Word of God says. Understand that to be resolute, to have resolution, it's simply the state of being resolved, settled, determined, a firmness, and a steadiness, constancy, consistency, and determination. Understand if there is some things that we need within the church one more time. Can I just say this? Can I just put this out there? Because we've got a generation around us within the church that it's soft and it's squishy and it's not, it's not doing much for the kingdom. It is self-absorbed and we've gotten out of spiritual shape. We have become lackadaisical lazy and for too long we've ridden on the coattails of pioneers that have blazed a trail before us. We've rested on revivals of yesterday. We've rested upon the reputations of those that have stood in the pulpit and at one time preached a message of resolution and determination. Those that would stand and say that if you're going to make it, you're going to have to make have a made up mind. That if you're going to live for God holy, that you're going to have to be a man or a woman of prayer. That if you're going to know the will of God, it's going to be not because some weirdo sells you some snake oil and tells you it's God's will. And it's not even because the preacher said so, but Brother Pickens, because you got in the word of God and you know his word and what thus saith the Lord is. We need... We need that once again, but we have to recapture it for ourselves. For ourselves. It's not good enough, Brother Morgan, for it to be an ideology. It's not good enough for us to sit around and say, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, if you listen to conversations, a lot of people, they are amening the echoes of the past. But there is no performance of that power that is at work in present day situation. And we look around and we say, well, what's going on? What's going on with my family? What's going on with my kids? What's going on in my marriage? What's happening in the ministry? What's happening in society? All of these things. And this morning, can I tell you, is that redirection and renewal comes to us through and by the Word of God. First thing that I want to mention this morning, don't get nervous, I've just got three points. I won't promise you how long I'll spend on each of those points, but I've only got three. I'm typically a three-point preacher. Amen. Typically. But we're going to look here at three things very quickly. Number one, I want you to notice the scripture here in Joel talks about and gives this implicit, implicit uh, call to action. He says here in our central text, he says this, that you turn to me with all your heart and with fasting. This is just clue. This isn't the only scripture that deals with fasting. But just this just lets you know that your pastor's telling you the truth. That fasting works and fasting is required. Somebody better say amen there. 
it's required. Well, it don't feel good, Brother Jake, I know. It's not comfortable, Brother Jake, I get it, I know. Brother Jake, when I go to fast, everybody and their brother calls me out to lunch. I know. Come on over to the house. We're grilling ribeyes tonight. Pastor, we want to treat you. (laughs) Come on. I'm telling you, you set to fast, Brother Wade. Mark it down. Listen to your preacher. There's going to be temptation this week. Can I tell somebody? I'm not at my first point yet. Forgive me. Can I just warn somebody of this? That as we embark on these next 21 days, I told somebody the other day, I said, I get a sense that God wants to do something great in our midst. But I also, Sister Lindy, I get a sense that the enemy, he is rolling up his sleeves and he's ready He's ready to fight. There's some of you, oh, that here we are on the cusp, kicking things off Monday, and you've got news about this or that. You're up against this or that. There's things going on in your mind, going on in your body, going on in your finances, going on in your family. I mean, right now, everything's shook up. Everything's going crazy. And right now, there's somebody who's saying, well, Brother Jake, I'd love to join in with y'all. I'd love to be a part of that time of renewal. I'd love to pray and fast, but you see, it's just not quite convenient. It's not convenient for my schedule right now. It's not convenient for my family right now. You see, the doc just put me on new new. Med- medicine. You see I've got cousin Lester coming in. I ain't seen him in six years. And we're supposed to have. You see preacher you don't understand. Right now I'm at odds with me and the kids. There's some problems going on. Right now brother Jacob I'm so mad at my spouse I can't see can't see straight and you're up there telling us oh we're going to have 21 days of renewal I'm so glad for you preacher I'm glad your life is perfect I'm glad you can just say well come on everybody let's do this together you don't know can I tell somebody right now brother Coleman if the fire's hot if the devil's a screaming if everything in your flesh is saying I can't do this right now then honey you better mark it down now's the time you better do it now's the time you better press in lock in buckle up like you never have we on our way to glory and we ain't got time to play games I know it's a fight I've got a sense of something great and I've got a sense of warfare So as you start, and that devil rears his head, don't you get discouraged and say, well, it's easier for me to quit. Easier for me to stop. Easier for me not to do it. Easier for me not to proceed. Come on here. If it was easy, everybody would do it, Brother Heath. If it was easy, everybody would be a part of it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not easy. One of the things that Joel deals with, he said this. He said, rend your hearts and not your garments. I want to first tell you that that first step 
that I believe should be a part of your resolution is to have a heart that is tore apart, a heart that is broken. To see the practice of rending garments was a Jewish custom. Oftentimes this was done to signify mourning, grief, loss, sadness. We find throughout scripture as to where there were different moments and times when different ones would rend their garments upon certain occasions where they would physically tear their garments in two. They would be so overwhelmed and it was an outward manifestation to those around them that there were these feelings, there were these situations that they were dealing with. We find in Scripture as to where the liking of this was often associated with the accompaniment of ashes, sackcloth, dust. Some men would even shave their head. We find that's what Job did after he had lost all that he had. He rent his garments. He shaved his head. And the Bible said that he fell down and he began to worship God. Understand these were things that were done as I said as an outward manifestation. Folks such as Reuben, Jacob, David, Elisha, Mordecai and Job are examples of this practice but here Joel says this he said we don't need any more formality we don't need just a showing of he said if there's anything that God would rather as a matter of fact God himself was challenging with this he said I would rather your heart be torn in two than you ripping apart those garments than you putting on that outward manifestation to everybody else can I say today we've got a lot of things that are tore apart we've got a lot of situations that are tore apart can I say and I'm not exaggerating you know this we've got a society that is tore apart we've got kids that are tore apart we've got marriages that are tore apart we've got churches that are tore apart we've got minds that are tore apart and can I say that if we would get back to a heart that is tore apart and broken before God we might see less of these other things that are tore apart and broken I want to remind you church the first step back is through a broken heart and a contrite spirit a heart that says Lord I need a work done in me oh a heart that is humbled and broken before God we come to see in scripture that those that would encounter God in his glory look at what Isaiah said one of the first things brother Marvin we find the Bible says that he makes a declaration here's a prophet of God speaking preaching writing the word of God has insight. Brother Jerry, they called him the eagle eye prophet because God gave him the ability through the spirit to see things far down the road in the course of the history of humanity. But he said, Gloria, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, the Bible said his first disclaimer was, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Come on here. 
Isaiah, in all of his preaching, in all of his stand for righteousness, he wasn't out on street corners cursing and carrying on. He wasn't out there. The Bible doesn't give us any implication that he was involved in immoral practices that would jeopardize the legitimacy of his ministry or the validity of what he had to say for God. But we come to find this man who had dedicated his life to God. He still stood in the holiness of God and said, here's what I know. Woe is me. He said, for I am undone. He said, and I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people who are just the same. And the Bible said that the angel came and took tongs and took a coal from off the altar and laid it upon his mouth. It was a sign of a cleansing and a purging of those lips. Can I say, I don't care what title you hold. God don't care that I'm the pastor of this church or that you're a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a musician or a singer or whatever role you have. Those things do not grant us or permit us exclusivity in the things of God. I will say this, this pastor right here, I've got to resolve to be broken. He wants me to rend my heart, not live on reputation. He wants me to be broken before him and not boosting myself in the realm of how good I am or how good I think myself to be. I want to tell you, church, brokenness is not easy. Being broken is not easy. We all have enough pride and arrogancy that we don't want anybody seeing us weak. Well, Brother Jacob, I don't think that's true because I feel like I'm falling apart all the time. But here's the thing. In our humanity, all of us, Brother Segura, to a certain degree, we want to put forth the picture and the performance that everything is put together. And I say clearly and truthfully this morning that brokenness is not easy because you don't see a whole lot of brokenness in the church. You don't. You will see some that are compelled to follow the commands that pastor might say. Well, what do you mean, Brother Jake? Let's lift our hands. Let's pray together. Let's come to the altar. There's nothing wrong with what I'm asking you. There's nothing wrong with those things, asking you to be a part of that. But real brokenness will lend itself to spontaneity. Real brokenness, can I tell you, will lend itself, Brother Tobin, to where you ain't got to be coached. Real brokenness doesn't wait for the pastor to call an altar call. Real brokenness doesn't wait until somebody gives you permission to raise your hands in worship or to shed a tear or to find yourself a place to pray. Real brokenness doesn't wait for a message to be preached that you ought to reconcile with somebody if you got all against them. Keep on preaching, Brother Jake. Okay, I will. 
You see, because when your heart is torn, Sister Doty, when your heart is torn, Brother Stephen, and there's a brokenness, when that fallow ground has been broken up, when the hardness of our hearts have been turned over by the plow of the Holy Ghost, what you'll come to find is a people who are ready, who are ready to enter into the presence of God, a people that are ready to receive the word of God, a people that are ready to stand up and stand out in worship, a people that are ready to say, I don't got to have an invitation, but I'll get at that altar if it means I can be in his presence, if it means I can find his help and his power. God, help us to be broken once again. Somebody in your circle, in your family, they need to hear you say, I'm sorry. I was preaching all right till there, huh? Somebody at your workplace, somebody around you, you're bitter, you're angry, you're frustrated, but you're not broken. Because if you was broken, if your heart was torn in two, You'd say, I can't leave things unsaid and undone. I've got to make it right. You see, the word of the Lord tells us in the word of God that the sacrifices of the Lord are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Rending, rending the tearing apart, allowing the Lord. Please be very careful. When the Spirit of God rests in this place and He is dealing with hearts, be careful, sir. Be careful, ma'am. When you allow Him to pass you by, when you ignore Him, when in your strong will, hard head, stiff neck self, don't yield to the convicting power of God's Spirit. Be careful. The word of God gives this promise. The spirit of the Lord will not always strive with the man. Did you know you can ignore him enough? You can sit there and read the songbook all you want while the spirit of God's moving. And say another time. You can sit there and look at your kids and giggle and goof off and laugh with them while the Spirit of God's moving. You can sit back and cross your arms and fold your leg over and say, I'm not going to move. That, that altar call's not for me. That message is not for me. That song is not for me to worship. You'd better be careful. I came up in such a way that, Brother Eddie, if the preacher was preaching on alcoholism and I'd never taken a drink, but if there was an altar call, I was taught, you get to that altar. You never know what God's going to do. Some of you waiting all year long for that one message, for the one phrase, for the one time that God, you think, has your number. But, honey, he's got your number every service. He's still in every service. He's calling every service. He's pleading and pulling every service. Rend your heart. You don't know what the church is. I know everybody's got stories of hurt. 
Everybody's got a painful past. Everybody in here has been done wrong. But I refuse to let that bitterness send me to hell. I refuse to go to a devil's hell over somebody else's actions that they're not going to get right, that they're not going to take care of. I can only answer for what I'm going to do. We can sit around all prideful and saying, well, I'm like this because I ain't going to let nobody else hurt me. I'm not going to let anybody else get to me. I'm not going to let anybody else do this. But in your callous and in your resolve to not ever be hurt again, you have calloused your heart against the Spirit of God. You've calloused your heart against the Word of God. And He's dealing and He's drawing. And can I just put it out here? Can we just all agree here on January 8th? You can vote me out tomorrow. But right now I got your attention. Let me just say, can we just agree that you're not any better for that hard mind, that hard heart. As a matter of fact, if truth could be told, you're miserable in the condition you're in. You're miserable in your existence. You're miserable and can I say, that makes everybody around you miserable. Give it to God. Can you tell in the last few services, Brother Gary, God's been dealing on that thing. Give it to me. Lay it down before me. Yield it. Surrender. That has been a theme and a thread that's been going on. Quit acting like you're above the law. Quit acting like the rules don't apply. I'm here to tell you, I would rather now be a blubbering mess. I'd rather tears fall this side of heaven. I'd rather bury my face in the carpet in this sanctuary. I'd rather say I'm sorry now than all the sorries that had come too late in eternity. I pray to God you hear what I'm saying this morning. I'm preaching to tell you in order to get back, we must rend our hearts once again. Tenderness, brokenness, these are the things that God's well pleased with. You you could live by every rule in the book You could be the shining example, the poster child of standards. But if your heart isn't broken, the Lord is nigh unto them, Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Listen to this. And saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. What does that mean, Brother Ben? It means that we qualify, we We allow ourselves to be candidates for God to do something with when our hearts are that way. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. I've met folks who want to come into the church and they want you to know all their credentials where they've been, what they've done, who they've preached for, what, 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 they've, what boards they've served on, all those things. Huh? That's good. You, I appreciate you letting me know what's, what's going on with you. I appreciate that. But we oftentimes get so enamored with all of those things 
And God says, I don't want to know. Matter of fact, you'll find in the word of God, he used and moved and worked in those who were the most unqualified, the unnotables, some who were considered expendables, that we could care less, those who did not have. Matter of fact, how many times was it said, even on the day of Pentecost, as those, as those unlearned fishermen, isn't that what they were alluded to? As they were speaking in tongues, as the Holy Ghost gave utterance, and the Bible says that they were saying the praises of God in the languages of those that were gathered from around the parts of the world in Jerusalem, and their question was, aren't these unlearned fishermen? Aren't these those that, I mean, they didn't grow up in, they didn't go to the Sanhedrin. They're not rabbis. They're not a part of the priesthood. They're not this and they're not that. God used a stutterer. God used murderers. God used adulterers and fornicators. God used a harlot by the name of Rahab to lay down a scarlet thread for the saving of the children of Israel. I'm here to say God's not interested in your pedigree or your resume but brother Eli he wants to know where is your heart he says give me a broken heart somebody who will rend their heart and I'll let you know that I can use them I can use them rending here's another one Repentance. Somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Have I lost you? Repent. Rend your heart broken before God. And then we are in position to repent of what we need to repent of. But brother Jacob, I'm righteous and holy and there's nothing wrong in my life. Bless the Lord in his holy name. Did you forget, I've been a part of Victory Temple for 62 years. Don't you know, my membership card is now stuck to the leather of my wallet because I've been here so long. Don't you know, I helped pour the foundation with Brother Clendenin. Come on here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. A broken heart will then lend itself to repentance. To repent. Did you know that symbolically what repentance means? And let me say this. There are many of us who are trying to live in victory through Christ. But there are some things hanging on to you. Addictions, habits, things that you know God's not happy with. Things that you know he is not pleased with, but we have justified our reasons. This helps me cope. This helps me make it. This is, I I traded this for that. Well, let me tell you something. God doesn't want you to lay down one vice for you to pick up another. I I, I spent over a month preaching upon, take my yoke upon you. He wants to do a divine trade. And he can take the things that could destroy you, whether it be physically or whether it be your testimony. Oh, you see, we don't often think about that. 
We don't often think about how it might appear. We can say all day long what God has done. But if it's evident to people around us that there are still things that we're holding on to, attitudes we possess, language that we use, habits that are not dying, that have not been left on an altar. You see what repentance means, Brother Josh, is I was heading one direction. I was going one way, Brother Mike, but when I repent of it, I turn. Everybody gets excited. I've seen church videos. People start singing, my God will turn it around. Amen. I've sang it, shouted. I love that song. Oh, my God, he'll turn it around. And the truth is, Brother Danny, many folks don't even know what they're turning away from. They're just excited. They're spinning around in the church. Woo, yeah, he'll turn it around. He's going to turn it around. I'll tell you what it means to turn around. It means to be broken in spirit. And it means to tell God, this is where I have sinned. And I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. And can I say, some need to cry out and say, I need you to deliver me. Deliver me. I was heading this way. I was doing this thing. But when I repent of it, I'm turning my back to it. And listen, with God's help, I'm going to walk away from it. Come on here. You know what I want to see in 23? I want to see whiskey bottles laid on an altar. I want to see... I want to see packs of cigarettes and vapes laid down on an altar. I want somebody to bring in something and lay it down. Not so everybody goes, oh, look at them. Oh, look at, uh uh-uh. Because you know what we'll do? We'll, We'll tear it up together. We'll destroy it together. There used to be a time that when God's people had deliverance, that it was a turning away from. Now, instead of repentance, we are looking and treating God's word like it's a contract with loopholes and saying what can I do and still be qualified as a Christian what can I do and get away with and still make it to heaven friends I want to tell you I don't want one iota of God to be offended with my life or to walk out of step with him but Lord forgive me I'm sorry and do a work afresh and anew In my life. Repentance. Repentance. Well, Brother Jacob, what if I've tried and deliverance hasn't come? What if I've tried? What if my I'm sorry was even contingent upon somebody else, but they won't accept it? You do what you can do. Is there something you're trying to lay down? Brother Segura, did you know that there's times you got to keep bringing it to the altar? There's times you got to keep dealing with it. There's times you got to keep saying, Lord, here it is once again, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I've told you the story. My father-in-law, God delivered him instantly from alcohol the night he got saved at Camp Victory. Isn't that something? That God knew my father-in-law, the one who would be my father-in-law, who would wind up being my pastor at a point in my life where my family would get saved under his ministry 
and that later we would come. Who knew that we had pastored the church that hosted and built and established the camp, Sister Brenda, that he came to know God in? That's just a little rabbit trail, but that's just how God is. That's just how he works. God delivered him that night. He went in drunk in that youth camp service, Sister Carmen. You asked my mother-in-law. He went in drunk. Uncle Danny was there. Sister Wanda was there. He went in drunk. One of the brothers, Daniel Rodney One, went up to him and said, Jerry, aren't you tired of running? He made his way down to that altar and he gave, he, listen, he repented. Come on. He repented. Gave his life to Christ. Came up sober. But you know there was still what I call them ankle biters hanging on to him. He'd say, I heard him tell the story, Benjamin. He said, man, he said, I, he said every, almost every week I was throwing away a pack of cigarettes. He said, I'd throw them in the trash can. He said, and then before the day was over, Brother Goldie said, I'd be in there digging in that trash can. Come on here. Got to get a smoke. Got to get it. Got to get a hold of it. He said, I'd be driving down the road, and didn't he, Nana? He'd say, I'd throw it out the window. He said, only to show up at the gas station later to buy another pack. Come on here. I'm not saying this to hurt anybody. I'm saying this to help some folks. Come on. And I don't even know why I'm on this subject, but let me just stay here, because I believe the Lord wants me to hear for just a minute. He said, but then there came a point, Brother Jerry, he said, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, 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 I want to be broken of this. I, I, I don't want this anymore. And he said, he, the Lord dealt with him and said, every time that you want to partake in that thing that has a hold on your flesh, he said, I just want you to start to worship. I just want you to sing a song. I just want you to worship me. And so he said that he would get a he'd get a hankering thinking he needed one of them cigarettes and, and said that the song that he zeroed in on was oh yes. Oh yes, I'm a child of the king and his royal blood now flows through my veins and I who was wretched and poor now can sing praise God praise God I'm a child of the king he said did you know it's hard to put a marble to your lips when you're singing oh yes oh yes I'm a child of the king can I tell somebody in this house it's hard to gossip when you start singing oh yes oh yes I'm a, did you know it's hard to take a drink when you stop and say oh yes oh yes I'm a child of the king did you know it's hard to view that nastiness when you start saying oh yes Oh, yes, I'm telling somebody. He's a deliverer. He'll set you free. You must be willing to repent of it. Forsake it. You'll see deliverance come. You'll see deliverance come. Ooh. 
I'm deep into this message. This should have been a two-parter, Sister Turnage. Oh, I know I might just have one shot today. Some may not come back tonight. Brother Danny, you better come on. Here's the last thing. Rending the heart, repenting. He says, and then just come on back. Return to me. Why? I'm not, I was serious. You can come on up now. Why is it so imperative? The order of these steps. Sister Linda, someone will only repent when their heart's been broken. And someone can only come back home once they have repented, Sister Kelsey. I heard a fellow say, the Bible says there's two ways. There's a broad way and there's a narrow way. I heard a brother say the only benefit of the broad road, Brother Gold, is that there's room to turn around and come on back home. There's room to turn around, Brother Brad, and come on back home. The word of God to the church of Ephesus, he commended him. The Lord commended them of several things. He said, but there's one thing I've got against you. He said, you've left me. You've been preaching. You've been patient. You've been in some trial and tribulation. You've been through some stuff. He said, but in all of that, you've left me. Did you know you can come to church without encountering him? Sadly, many do it every Sunday, every Wednesday. You're here, but you haven't encountered him. He said, you've left me. He said, so here's what I want you to do. He said, do your first works over again. What did that mean? Dr. Janet meant repent again. Be brokenhearted again. Start afresh. Make a resolution. He said, and go back to your first love. You know what I'm glad for, Brother Eddie? Anytime I've needed to return, he's always welcomed me back. There was a gentleman who was a dear friend of a brother that was in our church in Port Arthur. The brother in our church, his name was Brother Gary Bell. And every now and again, he'll come and visit here at Victory. But he had a, a dear friend and his boys, his boys were a mess. Rebellious and trouble. One got into some very serious trouble. And God was dealing with that father and he said, more than ever before, I've got a burden. I want to see my boys saved. I want to see them come back to the Lord. He'd been burdened before. He'd been dealt with before, but it was, the burden was overwhelming. Like never before. He said one night in a service, Brother Gary Bell, he knew about the burden this, this friend of his had about his boys. And he said, the Lord dealt with him to talk to his friend in an altar service one night, called him by name, and he said, when you get home tonight, he said, turn your porch light on. He said, leave it on the whole time. 
Now, a popular hotel chain, they used to coin the saying, we'll leave the light on for you. Was that Motel 6? We'll leave the light on for you. What was that for? Need a place to stop, need a place to stay. Look for the light on. Brother Gary said, the Lord just dealt with me and said, tell him, leave the light on. Leave it on all the time. He said, so it's symbolic of the fact that you can always come back home. There might be somebody in this house and you think like you're past the point of return. Maybe there's some things that's gone on and you think there, there's, no, there's no grace or mercy for me, Brother Jake. Not true. What the Bible say, Brother Ben, not my opinion, but what the Bible say, that when we turn to him in fasting and prayer and weeping, when we rend our hearts and not our garments, he said, you will find the Lord to be gracious, merciful. You know what I've learned? God don't keep score like people do. People love to keep score. People love to hold you hostage over what you did back in 1962. Come on. They don't remember their wife's birthday, but they can tell you what you did in 1986. On a rainy day, it was. A, you know, they could tell you the whole story. It was a rainy Sunday morning, and Sister So and So came, and she said this, and they did that, and this is what happened. Come on. I'm glad God don't do that. Matter of fact, the Bible said He's so merciful, said He takes our sin and He casts it into the depths of the sea to be remembered no more. Corey Ten Boom took it a step further, she said, and then he went and posted a no fishing sign out there on the banks of that sea. Can't be pulled out again. Already got one responding. Resolve to rend your heart, to repent, and return. Come on back. Come on back. Come on home. Well, I'm here, Brother Jacob. I know you are, but maybe in your heart you feel like you're a million miles away. Maybe in your heart and your mind there's distance between you and God. That distance isn't there because of Him. It's there because of us. Where are we? Lord, deal with me. Deal with me. Deal with me. If that's you, would you join these that have made their way? Can we come and can we resolve this morning? Would you step out from where you are? and Can we make ourselves a place around these altars? Can we come this morning and say, Lord, oh Lord, I, I need you. Lord, today, would you rend my heart? Lord, would you break me? Lord, would you help me as I surrender? Lord, I viewed it as weakness. I viewed it, I didn't like vulnerability. But Lord, when I'm vulnerable with you, I can trust you with my feelings. I can trust you with my heart. Lord, I can give, give it to you. Oh, Lord, I need you today. Oh, 
Lord, rend my heart today. Oh, Lord, would you forgive me? I repent. Oh, some this morning, you need to specifically tell the Lord, this is what I repent of. This is what I'm sorry for. This is what I need you to forgive me of. This is what I need the blood to wash me over. Oh, Lord, and help me to return. Lord, I resolve to return. I resolve to return to prayer. I resolve to return to your word. I resolve to return to your presence. I resolve, Lord, I'm going to be resolute in my determination. Oh, God, would you take me back and bring me back. Lord, as only you can. Lord, as only you can. Don't let me stay the same. Lord, 